You're listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today are Kristen Palpini of The Valley Advocate and Mike Dobbs from the Reminder Newspapers. Welcome. Hello. Hi. This week, the convictions in more than 21,000 Massachusetts drug cases were dismissed. This comes years after overachieving state drug lab chemist Annie Dukan was discovered tampering with evidence, forging test results, and then lying about it. She served time behind bars, and she's been released. So, Mike, let's talk about the impact on trust in the criminal justice system. People have been deported because of some of the falsified evidence, and there were real consequences felt by real people. How in the world will this system build back trust? That's a that's a great question, and I think it's only going to be able to build back trust by having uh, greater transparency and perhaps multiple testing of evidence so that it's just not the state saying this is correct. I, I think that you're going to see defense attorneys saying we want independent uh, testing of evidence to make sure that something is what they say it is. That's something they could have done all along, though, as defense attorneys, I imagine. There's plenty of... Um you know, well-established and uh, respected testing labs around. I think that this uh, discovery and how it's been out in the open so much, uh, including what happened at Amherst, because a similar thing happened there, too, at the uh, the lab there. Um, I think that, that it's been out and that the state has been trying to work on it. You know, we've had new committees uh, to review information, new deadlines, things like that. In a way, it made me feel cautiously uh, optimistic about the future of this program. Well, there have been big changes to the system um, since Dukan and then since Sonia Farrick at the UMass Drug Lab. So it wouldn't surprise you or it would surprise you if there were further breaches found or do you trust the system now? I mean, are you are, are they on the right path? Well, there are very few labs. So I think there might be one other uh, state drug testing lab in the state, and that one's been reviewed and audited. So if there was a problem there, I would, I really would be surprised. Um, but I think that having defense lawyers do their own tests uh, doesn't hurt in the meantime. Moving on, the proposal to create a timber rattlesnake habitat on an island in the Quabbin Reservoir is suspended, but the proposal is still on the table. That's according to the chair of the Massachusetts Fisheries and Wildlife Board. Joseph Larson says the board didn't anticipate the controversy and objections to the Quabbin plan from some local residents concerned about public safety. Had we been anticipating that, I think we would have come in with a comprehensive plan that said, hey, look, this is the situation across the state. And looking at each of these, these are the recommendations that we would make. So this new review of the options is going to take another four months. Kristen, you wrote about the snakes, and um, the first sentence of that piece, you said, no one knows how many timber rattlesnakes there are in Massachusetts. So looking back, do you think that data could have helped the state make a stronger case for the snake and could then have helped calm the fears of neighbors in the Quabbin? It might have, but that data isn't available. Um, Other states have tried to collect it, and it's just really hard. Uh, You either know exactly where those snakes are nesting, because they all hang out in one community, or you have no idea they're there. Um, So yeah, the data would have been great, but we're we're never going to get it. 
Um, and I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna shield myself because I hear some bombast is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mike, I mean, shouldn't that wildlife board chairman Larson have anticipated some pushback from locals? Yes, because unfortunately, when you use the word snake, that gets certain people upset. Now you put rattle in front of it, and that's going to get people even more upset. Um, if this had been the bald eagle, nobody mm. would have complained. If this had been the moose, no one would have complained. The fact of the matter is, is that people have great misunderstandings when it comes to the role of reptiles in our ecological infrastructure. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that we can go to the Mount Tom Reservation on a nice, warm, sunny summer day, and you can find rattlesnakes there. They're not biting people. They're not attacking people. They're not hurting people. They are part of this big plan that we stumble through every day. And, and frankly, I think that, yes, if anyone at the state thought, well, no one's going to mind more <laughs> rattlesnakes, then they were freaking idiots. <laughs> uh, they should have they should have known better. I want to uh, add one thing that I thought yeah. um, that people who uh, have a problem with this are, are right about, and that is the holding of meetings around this. It has been kind of out uh, in the middle of nowhere, not in the areas where the people who are living would, would care about it. And also the communication of when those dates are has been uh, lackluster. Right now there's supposed to be a meeting coming up in April. I've seen the April 27th date floated around in some newspapers, but I couldn't find anything on their website about it. Well, That's disappointing. Looking ahead, what if the state winds up exactly where it started, Kristen? I mean, with the island. Will the scientists prevail or will the local fears? Hopefully the scientists, because they're right. Uh, we don't have to worry about the snakes. We almost wiped them out without even trying. I think it'll be okay. Well, this week, Pushback also has now paused the rollout of a new advertising brand for the region. West Mass was chosen earlier this year as a new name for the Pioneer Valley, Hamden, Hampshire, and Franklin counties. The president of the Greater Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau told us they were struck by the overwhelming reaction from local residents. In other words, negative reaction. And so they started an online survey. Mike, if you had to guide the process forward from here, what would be your next steps? I guarantee you that if we bring Kara in from the engineering booth, the four of us could come up with much better names than Westmast, and we could do it for the price of lunch instead of $80,000. <laughs> Although if they wanted to give us $80,000, we could split it. That'd be fine. Uh, honestly, um, this whole process has just shown, I think, a real lack of imagination and a real lack of trying to get something organic and grassroots uh, involved in, in terms of coming up with a name for us. I also think it's short-sighted that it does not include Berkshire County. I, I understand that, but if, if you really want to talk about Western Massachusetts, it's four Western counties. It should include the Berkshires. Well, they said West Mass, not Western Mass. I, I understand. Yeah. Well, Kristen, you get the last word on <laughs> West Mass. Oh, lovely. Okay. So, yeah, West Mass. This was a disaster. Um, I think that pulling it back and saying that we're going to do a survey on it is a nice way of saying we took it out back and shot it because that's that's what it deserved, though. Um, the, the survey doesn't need to be done. The people have spoken. It's no good. And that was Kristen Palpini of The Valley Advocate and Mike Dobbs from The Reminder Newspapers. Thanks to you both. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch the shortlist anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to nepr.net slash podcast. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is New England Public Radio.